0: All right, guys, we're back again and I'm going to be doing a little reaction video here for Truth or Myth, Australians Reacting to Stereotypes. This is from Dating Beyond Borders YouTube channel, okay? So, I haven't seen this yet, but hopefully, it's going to be a good one. Anyway, let's just get into it.
1: I bought the barbecue inside when I first moved to Canada. I barbecued inside because it was too cold to barbecue outside and I set the smoke detector off, so I just took the batteries out and kept barbecuing. (laughs)
0: should probably say there first. So, she was talking about barbecuing, I think, inside. Very bad idea. Okay. Especially if you're using coal, right? Gas barbecue is probably fine, but I think there were recently some carbon monoxide poisonings where people actually died in, I think it was Tasmania, where they had been using a barbecue with coal in it and they had brought it indoors. Do not do that. Mm. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Um, there's a couple yeah.
0: of drink water, but we, uh, yeah, we kick them out of the country pretty. I guess I should probably do these where I say it before we get their reactions. But yeah, Australians are drunkards. There is a bit, a bit of a binge drinking culture in Australia, and I definitely felt that strong when I was a young kid at high school. Um, there are definitely a lot of people who take it too far. It is very common. But the But the ironic thing is that I have met quite a lot of Russians quite a lot of Estonians, Americans, you know, people from other countries too, Brazilians, and they tend to drink quite a lot too. So, I think Australians tend to think of themselves as being a relatively booze-centric country and culture where we drink a lot, and we do, but I think we need to look outside of our, our own borders sometimes because there are definitely some other countries out there that put us to shame.
1: Anyone below 25, I'd say, yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. More yeah. from 18 to 25. Not
2: yeah. the kids. Play a bit of rugby and then uh, celebrate with the lads, but.
1: Crack a tinny, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Couple. Did you hear what she said there? Crack a tinny. So a tinny is like a tin can of booze, right? Just a can of booze. But the slang term for them in Australia is a tinny. Or frothies, <laughs> not anymore. Or frothy as well, right? Because beer froths, so we call them frothies. Blow some froth or some froth, froth, frothies? Frothies?
1: Blame that on the English. <laughs>
0: yeah, they, they left us in Australia and we had nothing to do. So they
1: Except fight the animals. When you're travelling to other places outside of Australia and you can always pinpoint the Australian because mm. they're the ones throwing up. You have to be pretty drunk.
0: She was talking about being able to pinpoint the Aussies overseas because they're the ones throwing up. I think that tends to be a pretty strong stereotype when it comes to Kentucky tours in Europe. At least when I was going through university, a lot of my friends went to Europe for six months, a year, and the stereotype was that you would go on these Kentucky trips. You know, they tended to be a lot of booze, a lot of sex, and a lot of just debauchery in general. So, that I'm sure that that did happen to some degree. Whether or not that's every single Australian, I find dubious. But, yeah, it is It is pretty common. Although, I think, too, the English have a pretty bad reputation in parts of Europe as well, particularly English men, like Australian men. But because they tend to be able to get to Europe a lot more easily than the average Australian, they tend to get into trouble in places like Amsterdam.
1: If you can going to have the courage to fight, like, a, a dinger. Dinger.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm finding that girl really hard to understand. She doesn't open her mouth very much when she's talking. There's another Australian stereotype for you. All right, so what's this one? Aussies live a chill surfer lifestyle, are super laid back, and walk practically barefoot. Hmm, I would say some of us, especially along the surf coast, at least where I live. You know, obviously, there are a lot more surfers here than in rural parts of Australia, (laughs) where there are probably none. There are definitely your sort of hippie surfer types who are pretty chilled. I mean, in my hometown here, there are a lot of the older generation driving around in combi vans with Malibu surfboards on top. They'll be, you know wearing old T-shirts, have long beards, um, you know, be smoking a fag, drinking a a tinny down at the beach, that sort of stuff. It is a bit of a stereotype. So, I would say not all Aussies, definitely not the majority of them, but... Along the coastlines, especially, I would imagine, around Perth and around the east coast of Australia, you're going to find a lot of these people at beaches. The barefoot thing is definitely a stereotype that's common in the warmer parts of Australia. I don't know if they run around barefoot in Tassie, but, for instance, when my wife arrived in Victoria, I think probably Townsville as well, but when she was in Victoria and we got together, one of the things she noted was the number of people just walking around with bare feet, in bare feet, with bare feet especially in supermarkets. So, not only were they doing it outside, but they would go into stores like Woolies and Coles and be walking around in their bare feet. So, yeah, that was something she noted. I always thought that was normal. Apparently not.
3: <laughs> if you're not near the beach, that's a little bit different, but we do walk barefoot. Or you, if you can't find your thongs, then yeah.
2: I'd go to the supermarket barefoot and someone told me that that was just... Very odd. And
4: if you're not wearing shoes in Sydney, you're probably from Brisbane. I can't surf a (laughs) shit. I've surfed.
1: I know not to stand with my back against a wave. There you go. You're both super
4: bad as I
3: can see.
1: Except when we're angry. Yeah, then you gotta watch out. Takes a
0: lot. All right, Aussies have the sexiest accent ever, as perpetuated by Hollywood. Man, I think accents tends to be like beauty is in the be- the eye of the beholder. In the beholder of the eye. <laughs> Sauron is in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, I don't really find Australian accents sexy. Probably because I have one and I'm so used to Australian speaking. So, it just tends to be the norm. If I walk outside, everyone's got an Aussie accent. Um, I think we get a little bit romanticised. It gets held up a little bit in Hollywood. I don't think because they, you know like putting on Aussie accents or anything like that. They tend to do a bad job of that in films. Um, Robert Downey Jr., I saw your old film where you were doing it. But I remember, for instance, when I was watching the TV series Lost, there was an actress there, the blonde one, who is an Australian, and her accent stood out like a a sore thumb when she was surrounded by all these Americans. And I think she was also just made out to be the the sexy character with the sexy foreign accent Um, but yeah, I think the stereotype is more that we see others as thinking the Australian accent is sexy. Let's see what these guys say. There's a
2: difference though to like a Chris Hemsworth that has, you know, that
0: nice voice and then, you know, oh, how you going, mate? That's a really good, really good point. So, there are multiple Aussie accents. There are many different kinds. You know, you've got your ochre and your bogan, your general broad, regional accents versus your city accents, everything like that. I would say that the general accents are probably going to be the ones that are stereotypically liked by people, you know, maybe the broader as well, but people like Hugh Jackman, you know, Russell Crowe, although he's kind of New Zealand slash Australian. Um, And, you know, Chris Hemsworth, those guys with those accents tend to get put on a pedestal in Hollywood. Paul Hogan, when he was doing Crocodile Dundee, was putting on a bit of a broad accent, and uh, people seem to love that. But there are definitely, you know, your more nasal ones, like Kath and Kim, that's not a very sexy accent, you know. Those nasally Australian accents, they're not very uh, hot to trot. So, yeah, I reckon the the broader, maybe general accents... Maybe, we You're seeing
4: American actors try to do Australian accents and then people think that's the sexy version. It's like, that's not. What's a
3: sexy story. Australian accent? Uh, mean, mate, I don't so... know what you're
4: talking about at all. Just um, I'm laid back. And I'm cool. Yes, Hot. Robert Downey Jr. does the best. I just want to shout out to Robert Downey
0: No, no, he does not. <laughs> uh, one of my friends did a, a video recently where I got to see Robert Downey Jr.'s Accent. Um, it would have been in the nineties. It was when he was much younger. It was a horrible, horrible example of an Australian accent.
4: Junior, when he's obviously.
0: I also love Robert Downey Jr. So sorry, mate. You're an amazing actor, but the Aussie accent, not so much. Obviously, going to be watching this.
4: I have
1: quite a lot of luck here in Canada with the boys. I'd say it's probably to do with my accent.
3: Like I had a friend, a guy that came over from uh, Sydney with me and he was an Australian and he was just like picking up girls left, right and centre. And I was like, at home, no one would pay you any attention but here because he had that accent. either.
0: Man, 100%. It's all about whether or not you're different, you know, unique from somewhere else. If I go to America, people are going to see that I stick out. I've got a different accent. I'm from, you know, a foreign country. I'd get more attention than I would if I were in Melbourne. So, I think it tends to be that sort of thing. But if you had someone from, like, Carolina in America with that very unique southern accent from America just walking around Melbourne, that would as well be, I think, seen as attractive because, oof, that's different, that's exotic, you know, whereas in Carolina itself, they'd probably be like, it's everywhere.
1: Like, what part of England are you from? <laughs> um, you know <laughs>
0: I've received that as well. I was working in a, a restaurant in Melbourne when I was finishing my my doctorate, and I had that a few times where people would come in, other Australians, and ask me which part of Britain are you from. Go figure.
1: Yeah, the
2: Australian part.
1: They tip toe
0: around it, and
2: they'll go, "Oh, you a Kiwi, South Africa, uh, UK, somewhere yeah. around there." Yeah.
1: Australian accents are they sexy? Um, you be the judge. G'day.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, stereotype Aussies were all convicts. Man, I think this is an old one. And I should give you guys a little bit of a history lesson. So, obviously, Australia was colonized in the late 1700s, and the beginning of colonization was mostly convicts. I think 170,000 convicts from different parts of Great Britain. And the other colonies were brought over to Australia. And so, for the first few hundred years until more recently, the majority of Australians had convict ancestry, convict blood in them. So, their, their ancestors were effectively these prisoners who were forced to come out here, work the land. They were seen as lower class filth, trash, originally by their contemporaries in the 1700s, 1800s, and even early 1900s. So, my grandparents would never admit to or want to talk about whether or not they had convict ancestry. Um, My parents' generation though and my generation now it's come the complete sort of flip where people are now proud to have convict ancestry, convict blood. So, a bit of an insult back in the day would have been to call people convicts. Um, So, yeah, Aussies are all convicts. Definitely not anymore because I think Australia is the country with the highest rate of immigration in the world. So, their convict blood is getting diluted. These
3: stereotypes are really real. I'm not.
0: I am, apparently. I'm not descended from one. I do have... I should mention, there are lots and lots of European descendant um, Australians who aren't from convict blood. So, you know, as well as the convicts coming over to Australia, there were heaps and heaps of other European settlers, whether or not they were from Great Britain, they could have been from Italy, Germany, um, you know, all over different parts of Europe that that happened throughout the centuries following colonisation. So, even if you see people that look like me as these white Caucasian uh, Australians, they don't necessarily have any convict blood in their ancestry, at least not directly
1: convict blood. My mum's from Tasmania where they sent all the bad criminals and I'm pretty sure one of my great uncles hid in a cave for a bunch of months because he was like an
3: outlaw.
2: I am not a criminal.
3: (laughs) My family history, we trace it back to second fleet convicts. Wow. And and my family takes a big pride in that. Like They're like, yeah, we're the second fleet convicts that came over from England to Australia.
0: Something to mention here for you history buffs, uh, well, I guess if you're a history buff you probably already know, but the second convict ship to come out, the second fleet, not ship, group of ships, the second fleet actually had the highest death rate of any of the convict ships to come out here. And the problem, I think, was that they had effectively outsourced the transportation of convicts from Great Britain to Australia, where the people were paid for the number of people they took, not the number of people who arrived alive. And the other thing was that their food that they were using to feed the convicts, they could actually sell on after the fact. So, the more convicts that died on the way, the more money they made. So, there was some abominable uh, percentage of deaths on the second fleet. And I think if I... I think I've got a book here. Hell Ship. I think... anyway look into the second fleet and you are definitely going to feel sorry for some of the convicts that came to australia
3: i think we do have a little disregard and i like that for rules roughness and like you know saying things how they are maybe the simplification of our language comes from a bit of that too
4: keep hearing over here so i just give up and steal people's wallets anyway like if you're gonna get the label you gotta earn it
0: So, something interesting there to talk about as well would be the fact that because we were a nation of convicts to begin with, it's really shaped our modern culture and this is where we differ quite a bit from Great Britain and America. We have by far the most extensive vocabulary when it comes to slang. I think the diminutives that we have, you know, words ending in O and A and and the E sound like, you know, Sonny's. Uh, servo, those sorts of words. We have something like 5,000 of those in Australian English, whereas from memory, when someone was doing a similar sort of study of Canada, there was only 1,000. So, we as a nation have come out of all of these lower class uh, convicts that came to the country to begin with and, you know, had nothing. And it's just led to us being a lot sort of against the rules, against the upper class. Everyone wants to be seen as just, you know, everyone else is equal. So, we don't really pay too much attention to social class in Australia the same way as as what you would see in, say, America or Great Britain. But um, yeah, a little bit of cultural fact there for you. All right. So, what have we got here? Aussies are surrounded by animals that are trying to kill them so they know how to handle dangerous animals how to unpack this one. So, I would say there are definitely a lot of dangerous animals in Australia, but they're probably not the ones you would actually think about being the deadly dangerous animals. You're much more likely in Australia to be killed by a kangaroo, by a horse, by a dog or cattle than you are by something like a snake. So, snakes and spiders probably kill two to three people a year combined. In fact, I don't know about any spider deaths That have happened recently, but snakes is usually about two a year. Whereas I think it's something like, you know, dozens of people die from horse riding accidents and from driving or riding a motorbike where kangaroos jump across the road and you just get cleaned up. So there are definitely loads of dangerous animals here. I don't think, I don't know about knowing how to handle them. I think that we're probably more aware of spiders, so we know what to do with spiders in the house and like how to get them out of the house. But if it's something like a snake in your house, You're going to call a snake expert to deal with that. You're not going to try and do it yourself unless you know what you're doing already, right? If it's a python, I'd probably handle it. If it's a venomous snake, I'm getting on the phone calling a snake catcher.
1: I was on my way up to a cottage um, and I first researched a little bit about what would be in the water. Snapping turtles.
2: Very wise. If I had a spider, uh, like a redback, that can... Yeah, really really harm you if it's in my kitchen in front of me I don't care it's just there's always something there
3: so you just learn how to kill them without getting shit scared and then you can get scared <laughs> after you've killed them I actually got bitten by a spider here though that's so ironic that I come to Canada I come to Toronto and it's the first time I got bitten by a spider so nature awareness I think that's it's a good thing that's a good thing that's yeah. how we survive
1: yeah that and Vegemite <laughs>
0: Aussies eat Vegemite for breakfast, lunch and dinner. False. We eat it for breakfast and lunch. Yeah, so, Vegemite is something that you kind of get force-fed from a young age in Australia. It just ends up being, you know, on bread, on toast in the morning and give it to kids. It can be put on biscuits with margarine or butter under them as well. I remember getting those biscuits with holes in them. You would put butter and Vegemite in there, where well, your mum would. You take it to, you know, in your lunchbox to school and you would be able to press the biscuits together and get these little worms of Vegemite coming out. So, I would have that for breakfast. I would have Vegemite on toast or on bread. I'd have Vegemite sandwiches all those Vegemite biscuits I don't think I have ever had Vegemite for dinner though right and we would call it tea in Australia
3: I hate Vegemite (laughs) oh yeah I
2: love it but I wouldn't I wouldn't eat it often no I used to eat it off the spoon like that was
1: I don't even like Vegemite (laughs) that's because I don't like it (laughs) I do like primate with a craft single on it though pretty good
0: so there are other versions of what we would think of as Vegemite which come from uh, Britain I think things like Marmite and Promite so I think it's the same sort of thing yeast extract with salt in it I don't think I've ever actually tried any of those other ones just Vegemite though what does
4: it taste
0: like shame
4: (laughs) this is probably not going to be the commercial for Vegemite but it can be it
0: tastes salty it tastes salty Aussies love their Barbies. All right. A Barbie is a barbecue, right? Not the Barbie doll, okay? Um, Although, you know, there might be some of us who love our Barbie dolls, not me included. But Barbies, for sure, for sure. It's definitely a stereotype that rings true. Um, I grew up and we were always having Barbies. It would be a social event. So, that's the interesting thing. The Barbie can be the um, barbecue that you cook food on, but it can also be the event itself where you have people come over for a Barbie or a barbecue, I wonder if you guys can hear the rain. <laughs> you wouldn't be having a Barbie today. But yeah, it would be something that would happen, you know, probably a dozen times a year, maybe once a month. Um at my parents' house now, half the time we go over there when it's not COVID and we have a dinner, that'll just cook the food up on the Barbie outside because, you know, it's just quick and easy. Oh yeah. It's a, a good way to get everyone together.
2: Perfect thing to do on the weekend. Uh, I think we should do like, a public service announcement, though, for barbecues. It's not
0: shrimp. It's shrimp <laughs> oh, on yeah, the barbecue. they're
1: prawns. It's
2: prawns.
1: You have to listen to someone say mm-hmm. that again.
0: So, the reference they're making there is to, um, I think, in the 1980s, Paul Hogan made an ad For um, Australia that was shown to Americans where he was advertising Australia as a a great place to come on holiday. And because Americans don't know what prawns are, which are, you know, the um, large crayfish that swim in the water that we eat, they call them shrimps. So, the weird thing about this ad was that you had Paul Hogan saying, you know, come to Australia, chuck another shrimp on the barbie. And, um, you know, it was so that Americans half got it and didn't look too confused, although he was holding a freaking prawn. Like, how confused can you get?
1: I'm going to start using the back of my hand. People get really- they they worry that they offend you when they mix up your accent with Mm -hmm. New Zealand and they're like, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm fine. Like,
0: That's an interesting one. So, I don't know. I don't know about New Zealanders but I feel like for us we're it's kind of like the America Canada rivalry If you confuse an American accent with a Canadian one and you say to them, oh, are you from Canada? Americans will quite often not be offended. They won't be phased, right? They'll be like, no, I'm from America. If you say that to a Canadian, at least in my experience, they tend to not react the same way. You know, it tends to be more of a, screw you, I'm Canadian. I'm not American. I'm not one of them. And I think it can be the same sort of thing with Australia and New Zealand. There tends to be a sort of big brother, little brother relationship between our two countries because New Zealand's the smaller country and, um, you know, they probably get confused for being Australian. They're very proud of who they are and they should be. Um, New Zealand's an amazing place. But I would imagine that if you said to a New Zealander, are you Australian? They're going to get much more offended than if you said to an Australian, are you a New Zealander?
1: I didn't, couldn't tell the difference between you and Americans when I first moved here. Boom. People will ask if I've got if you've got kangaroos in
3: the backyard. <laughs> Koalas are
2: disgusting creatures. <laughs> they smell
3: so bad. They're awful, <laughs> they're not cute at all. If
2: you know you wanna hold a koala, you don't. Yeah. They're just they've got sharp claws, yep. like
0: Yeah, that's one of those stereotypes that we get too, especially from Americans. They have this idea that there are just kangaroos and koalas and wombats, all the cute and cuddly animals in Australia just running around your backyard, when in reality, you know, I live in suburbia here and I'd have to probably drive uh, half an hour to go and find kangaroos anywhere. I'd have to go find farmland or forest land somewhere. Same with with koalas and wombats. You've got to go somewhere pretty um, distant from from here to find those. And also, yeah, they they tend to be pretty nasty animals. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever approached something like a wild kangaroo. Either they're going to bail or if not they're full of pointy bits, you know, claws and um, large strong legs and they will kick the shit out of you if you get too close. Especially a big male kangaroo. Koalas have got claws because they're tree climbers and wombats, they will screw you up. I remember being a kid at Wilson's Promontory and I was walking along the um, boardwalk near the water and there was a wombat there and I said to my dad, you know, is it okay if I chase the wombat? He laughed and was like, yeah, it's fine. So, as a three or four year old kid, I I chased the wombat and the wombat didn't move and chased me off the boardwalk into the water. So, my dad had to uh, pull me out of the river.
2: I don't know if I can say this, but 90%, this is not a joke, have chlamydia.
0: That's true. Koalas have chlamydia. Koala chlamydia. They didn't get it from humans. What do you want the world to know about Aussies? Hmm. If I was asked that... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I guess I would want them to know that we're very laid back, we're very relaxed and very informal. So, don't be offended if we're informal with you. It's that our culture is very much a friendly culture where we see people we don't know and instantly try and treat them in a friendly, informal kind of way. It's not a a way of sort of being offensive or nasty to people. British and American people can definitely take it the wrong way at times if you're too formal uh, informal from the beginning. But yeah, just get used to the fact that Australians use a lot of slang, we're very informal, and we do at times swear like crazy, but it's not because we're trying to offend people, it's more that we're just expressing ourselves, right? So, yeah, just get used to informality in Australia. We can be like a bit
2: of a a loose bunch, but we're mil- well-meaning people. You
3: know that we're really we make really big problems, really simplified, so it's not that we're stupid, it's just that we like to simplify everything. It's
4: like We cut people's names off, yeah. we uh, abbreviate things, just because back home it's so hot, it takes too much energy to say anything. That's a
3: good point. We just <laughs> yeah. want to
4: just pull it back, just show me where the beer is, let's have
0: a chat. Hello audience.
1: Hi mum, hi dad.
0: Send us back, we're stuck in Canada, help us.
1: <laughs> I just think I'm just going to talk through blinking. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the video.
0: All right. I guess it's done. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Let me know what you think and uh, tell me if you have any stereotypes for Australia that you've heard of or that weren't covered in this video. See you in the comments below. Peace.